0: Welcome back, everyone, to the I'm Open Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about fashion drama in the world of tennis. We're going to be talking about the most famous RV in the United States of America. And we are going to be talking about Wheezy. He wants his chain back. All coming up next on the I'm Open Podcast podcast. So we're winding down to the end of summer. That means football season is almost back. Basketball season is almost back and we are so excited. We can't wait. But there's still a lot to talk about. There's still a lot going on. Now before we get into everything, I just want to first say you're welcome to the I'm Open family, especially to the folks who have been listening since day one, because we warned you guys. We warned you guys about Papa John. Okay, I think this was either episode one, episode two. One of our very first episodes. This goes back to last fall when we started the pod. And one of the first things we had to do for the public was to warn you guys about Papa John Schnatter. The guy was off the chain already last year. He was blaming the NFL and uh, specifically NFL players protesting and, and demonstrating for Papa John's sales. Or poor Papa John's sales. So he literally thought it was the NFL's part. It was the NFL's fault that his pizza wasn't selling. Didn't really consider the fact that he sells shitty pizza. Anyway, we warned you guys back then, don't don't support Papa John's. Don't shop at Papa John's. There's so many other great pizza options. Lido's. Shout out Lido's. Love your squares. Shout out, I mean, Angelico's, Bowleys. There's so many great pizza options. Shout out Vache's, DC's Finest, that... Need to really sully our taste buds with Papa John's. We warned you guys about this a while ago, and I hope you listened to us. I hope you heard our call, and I hope you heard our warning to stop supporting Papa John's because now Papa John has actually lost his job. He has lost his role in connection with the company that bears his own name. Well, his, his name isn't Papa, but it is John. Anyway, he was caught on a conference call using racial slurs. Not cool, not cool, and he has now lost his job as this has come out. We just wanted to reflect on the fact that we warned you guys about this almost a full year ago. So next time we try to warn you guys about something, listen, listen up, okay? Because we weren't lying. We knew Papa John Schnatter was not really something, someone to be trusted. We warned you guys a while ago. Do not trust Papa. Do not trust Papa John. And I hope you listen to us for your own health, for your own safety. Now, he, since he's left the organization, the the company, has tried to trash Papa John's. And look, here's the good thing for you, John. It's already trash, buddy. So you don't really need to worry about ragging on Papa John's because it's already terrible pizza, right? So you lucked out in that sense. So now he's turning against his own name. He's turning against his own company. And he's trying to sabotage... Papa John's Pizza. Now, Papa John's, this is just one of the weirdest things. Papa John's, the company, is actually calling out Papa John, the person. And this is what they said about his accusations towards Papa John's, the company. They said, these accusations are untrue and disparaging. This is a self-serving attempt to distract from the damaging impact his own words and actions have had on the company and our stakeholders. So, this is just a crazy dystopian bizarro world we're living in right now when papa john's is literally trashing papa john in public for all to see saying he is just basically desperate he's basically desperate right now so i just quickly have to say you're welcome i'm open family we warned you guys about papa john next time we warn you guys listen up Okay, if you don't know, now you really, 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 really know about Papa John. We weren't lying about it, okay? It's serious. The really funny thing about this whole situation, Jerry Jones has been one of the most outspoken NFL owners, basically trying to take away the rights and trying to take away the individual determination and agency of the players. And he's gotten a lot of... Blowback. He's basically said that no players for the Cowboys will be allowed to demonstrate. and He's been very, very outspoken about the fact that he is in charge, and he gets to tell the players what to do. It honestly makes me kind of uncomfortable, and we've talked about it before on the podcast. The guy needs to remember that he owns the football team. He does not own any of the individual men or women who work for the team. They're all human beings who get to choose what they want to do on a day-to-day basis, and I just don't understand how this man is having such a hard time coming to grips with this fact. But, of course, Jerry Jones of the Dallas Cowboys had to be the one to double down on Papa John's while all this shit is going on around Papa John's, and Papa John's has been revealed to basically be a racist and a, just a desperate, at this point, just looks like a, cuck- a cuckoo gentleman, okay? Because he's, he's trying to trash his own brand. Papa John's. And Jerry Jones has doubled down and says he doesn't plan on making any difference. Any difference with the connection the Cowboys already have with Papa John's. He's hoping to keep that connection that the Cowboys have with Papa John's strong just as it always was. In fact, the Cowboys actually own part of 50 Papa John's stores in the Texas area near where the team uh plays, right? And Jerry Jones has actually said the Dallas Cowboys have a very close connection to Papa John's more than almost any other sports team. So this is just classic Jerry Jones in a moment where everybody else is saying, you know what, maybe you better step away from Papa John's. The guy seems like he's a little bit off the chain. He's just out here saying racist stuff. He's out here just trying to trash everybody. Nope. Jerry Jones is doubling down saying, oh, we're still having Papa John's. We still love Papa John's here at the Cowboys. And that just goes to show the type of person Jerry Jones is. This is literally what Jerry Jones said. We feel strongly that our Cowboys are the big face of Papa John's. And that judgment is warranted over what we've done over the last 15 years with Papa John's. Okay, the big face of Papa John's is Papa John's. Okay, and he's saying racist shit. So you're literally trying to align yourself with a racist, that means you're racist, okay? Sorry, Jerry, but I'm not the first to tell you, I'm sure. Hopefully the Cowboys come around soon. I have a feeling it will not be while Jerry Jones is in control of the team, but you're welcome to all the I'm Open family for giving you a little heads up about Papa John's, and we're glad y'all have listened and not been supporting them, not been shopping there since we warned y'all last year. We just want to let you know next time we warn you, listen up. And if you don't know, now you really know about Pop John's the NFL season the NBA season basketball and football are so close to being back and we couldn't be more excited. It's going to give us so much content, so much to watch, and it's going to be a great way for me to spend my weekends. Sorry, Ariana. But we do already have some nice football material coming down the pipe. and That is in the form of Hard Knocks, an HBO show following each year the preseason practices of one NFL team. Now, this year, they've chosen to follow the Cleveland Browns who are fresh off a defeat of the defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles 5 to 0. Yeah, you heard me correct, the final score was 5 to 0 and this was not lacrosse, tennis, baseball or soccer. This was a football game and the final score was 5 to 0. That's right, neither team scored a touchdown. There was a field goal and a safety for the Browns, the Eagles didn't score, and I'm just so blessed that I never turned the TV on to watch that game, because that sounds brutal to watch four hours and no touchdowns. But, on Hard Knocks, we've gotten to learn a lot about the Browns, we've gotten to see behind the scenes of what's really going on with this team as they prepare to try to redeem themselves from the season last year when they won less than one game, and by that I mean they didn't win any game, so it wasn't really very good. It wasn't really very good. Now, at the beginning of last season, the Browns were coming off a season in which they had only won one game. So it, had, it hasn't really been a hot streak for the Cleveland Browns. Now, their coach, Hugh Jackson, said at the beginning of last season, if we don't win any games this year, I will jump in the lake. And by that, he meant Lake Erie, which is, uh, of course, touching Cleveland. So, end of the season comes. Guess what? They didn't win any games. So, Hugh jumped in the lake, and that was actually featured in the first episode of the show. He jumped in Lake Erie, and he called it the cleanse. Like, we're cleansing and we're moving on forward. Now, personally, I think the cleanse should have been to fire Hugh Jackson, okay? A coach who can only win one game in two combined years, I don't really see the point of keeping him around. It seems like the players kind of like him all right, but it's like the man literally won one game in two years. I think what they really like probably is winning. Right. So I really I feel like the cleanse should have been firing Hugh Jackson in the first place. But instead, no, they just let him do a little dip in Lake Erie. And then he said we're cleansed and that's the end of the losing. Now we're just going to be a winning team. OK. OK. So on uh, one of the recent episodes of Hard Knocks, Coach Hugh Jackson brought in Des Bryant, who's been a longtime receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. We just mentioned them. And he's no longer on the Cowboys. He's looking for a new team. So Hugh was trying to convince him to come and join the Browns. They can use all the help they could get. And he was telling Dez, if you're going to get in here on the ground floor right now with this team, you're going to be a part of the greatest comeback, the greatest turnaround story in sports history. Now, to me, that really seems like Hugh Jackson should have learned his lesson about calling a shot last year. It didn't really go well for him. He ended up jumping in the lake. This year he's saying they're going to be the biggest turnaround in sports history. Dude, I think just wait for it. And then celebrate when it happens. Something I've learned throughout my life is always try to keep expectations at a reasonable level so you can exceed them, right? You don't want to be telling people you're going to be doing stuff that you can't come up with because then they think you're all talk, right? No show. You would rather tell people you can't really do stuff and then when you when you actually do it, they're like, wow, that! I can't believe it. Way to go. Then they're actually impressed, right? Life is all about expectations, right? expectations and Hugh Jackson's already setting the expectations the greatest sports turnaround ever the greatest comeback ever now Hugh, just a quick quick word of advice also a comeback is generally a surprise right you generally don't see it coming right that's why it's called a comeback that's why it's called a turnaround so when you're already calling it now you kind of you're kind of blowing it right you're kind of blowing your load way too early. Because now you're already telling us it's going to be g- the greatest comeback ever. If it happens and if it's a good comeback, it's not going to be the greatest comeback ever because you already freaking told us. Okay? So part of it is keeping expectations low if you just say, we just hope we can win one more game than last year, which would be one game. And then you come out and win six games. Holy crap, you surpassed your, your, your expectation by 500%. That's incredible. But if you say it's the greatest comeback ever, basically, unless the Cleveland Browns win the Super Bowl, it's not going to be the greatest comeback ever. I'm telling you that right now. So, Hugh Jackson, I like the spirit that he's trying to bring, and I like that he's trying to instill some confidence in these guys, but it seems like he's already setting himself up to fail with these crazy expectations. Hugh, the point of a comeback is you don't see it coming. It's a surprise. It's a surprise. That's That's why it's a comeback, man. You know, I think his heart is in the right place. The strategy is a little bit misguided for for Coach Jackson. Okay, so my point is, Hugh, don't make all these predictions, man. You don't need to be making predictions. Your team has won one game, literally, in the last two years. Okay. <laughs> Another really funny and great moment from hard knocks from the cleveland browns training camp the browns just brought in jarvis landry from the miami dolphins where he'd been playing for the beginning of his career now jarvis is a great wide receiver he's been a pro bowler multiple times and he's got great hands he can catch the ball uh basically anywhere it's thrown around him he's the man has great hands So he's just come over to Cleveland. He got his payday, and he went to Cleveland because the Dolphins weren't really willing to pay him what he felt like he deserved. And the first practice that he's out there with the Cleveland Browns that you see on Hard Knocks, he starts just catching, catching, catching every single time it's thrown his way. He's got it. And the dudes on the Browns' defense cannot stop Jarvis. And now his nickname is Juice. That's what they call him. Uh, Shout out to O.J. Simpson, the original Juice. Now, you better be serious if you're taking O.J.'s nickname, okay? Because when they say the juice is loose, it brings a certain connotation, (laughs) right? So Jarvis, Juice, Landry, he starts going out, and man, these guys could not believe it. They're all on the sideline watching Jarvis play, and they're all mic'd up. So you could just hear his teammates on the sideline like commenting back and forth to each other like, huh? Jarvis is pretty good, huh? Oh, wow. Juice is good. Juice is pretty good at football. Oh, look at that. Juice. He's good. He knows how to play football. And to me, that was the first sign, yo, this team is going to suck again this year. (laughs) Maybe they won't win zero games. Maybe they'll win three or four games. But when all of the team members are surprised that you have a player who's good at football, that's probably not a good sign. It's probably not a good sign. That should be more than normal. All these dudes get paid to play football. They've all probably been playing football for at least 15, 20 years, depending on how old they are. And literally, the guys seemed surprised that one of the players on the team was good. They were all looking over to each other like, Wow, I guess Jarvis is really a good football player. No shit. Okay, isn't that the goal for everybody here on the team? To be a good football player? And these guys seemed like they literally had not seen... A high-level football talent in their lives they seem surprised and that to me right off the bat was like this is a bad sign that these guys are surprised just to see an above average player because it's not even look jarvis is good but he's not one of the best best players in the league he's a good player he's good but he's not one of the very very top players at his position there's definitely guys like odell beckham antonio brown deandre hopkins julio jones a whole Slew of guys who are definitely better than him at his position. Hey, he's really good, but it is just a concerning sign that the Browns were just so taken aback and just amazed to have a guy who was basically above average on their team. They couldn't believe it. And to me, it's like, this is just a bad sign. This is just a bad sign. They're all just sitting back in awe that they have one good player on the team. It's too bad, and it just shows the sort of culture that's been established over the last couple of years where it's literally shocking to them just to see somebody who's good at football running around in Cleveland. Now, one of my favorite characters on the show has definitely been Browns defensive coordinator Greg Williams. Now, he has been shouting so much at this defense that his voice was hoarse. By the second episode, he's on the sidelines talking like, Defense! Defense! Everyone! Everyone! Huddle up! Defense! Like, the man could barely talk. He has been shouting and shouting at these guys. Now, he is a yeller by nature. Uh, that's his style. That's his vibe. He loves to yell. This is actually the man who started a bounty system when he was a member of the New Orleans Saints uh, coaching staff. By bounty system, I mean, well, let's break it down like this. You guys have heard of cash for clunkers. This is basically like cash for concussions. He would pay his dudes on his defense, basically, if they would rough up specific players on the opposing team and knock them out of the game so i like to call it the cash for concussions program that greg installed there in new orleans he's been around the nfl for a long time and of course we do not think cte is a joke we do not think concussions and brain health we those are those things are not jokes those are serious so i'm not i'm not joking about it i'm just trying to give you a vibe of this is the type of person greg williams is he's intense bad to the bone obsessed with football to a little bit of uh, too, maybe a little too obsessed with football to the point where it might be a little bit scary. But he is entertaining to watch on the show and his voice, like I said, from shouting at these guys is hoarse. He is talking to his defense like, Alright, huddle up, 72, I didn't talk to you for a sec. Like, you can barely hear the guy. So, he's on the sideline. One of his players comes up to him and says, Hey coach, you need a lozenge. Now, he did need a lozenge, obviously, but I would be way too scared to go up to a man like Greg Williams who's shouting and who pays people to give other people concussions and ask him if he needs anything. Maybe he'd ask him if he needs some water but very very kindly and very you know, patiently, but this seemed like a little like, Hey coach, you need a lozenge? So Coach Williams responds, No shit, I got a lozenge, bitch And that was just his his response right back to the player no shit i got a lozenge bitch that's exactly what he said so oh boy they all thought that was funny and by the next episode of hard knocks that came out a lozenge producing company uh had already sent coach williams i forget exactly which one i'm sorry to all my lozengers out there they already sent coach williams A box of lozenges. So the crazy thing is Hard Knocks comes out every week basically in real time showing what had just happened the the previous week. So by the next week, Coach Williams had his own lozenge sponsor just by that line, No shit, I got a lozenge bitch on uh, on the show. Maybe he can parlay this into doing some commercials for them. Maybe he can make, you know, no shit, I got a lozenge bitch, uh, uh, the tagline for, for the lozenge company. Um, and hey, look, maybe Coach Williams can parlay this into being the new face of lozenges and uh, sort of bring out the more badass side of lozenges. Who knows? And just... His defense, it's, the language is not that surprising. I'm sorry for anybody with gentle ears out there who who I may have offended with that last statement, but I just want to say those are not my words. Those are Coach Williams' words. And if you actually watch the show, watch Hard Knocks, I know you might not want to now because I basically spoiled the whole show, but don't worry. There's still some stuff that I, that I haven't told you. But the Browns' defense, when they break down, when they end their team meetings, they all huddle up and they say, come get some, bitch so it's one two three come get some bitch and then they all go out so i feel like that's just part of the way coach williams talks and that's just kind of the vibe he has created in the browns locker room where people i mean especially in the defensive side of the ball The Browns, since they were so terrible last year, they got the number one pick in the NFL draft, and they used that to select Baker Mayfield, who's a quarterback for the Oklahoma Sooners. Now, as part of his rookie duties, the elder Browns quarterbacks, who are Drew Stanton and Tyrod Taylor, advised Baker to buy an RV to set up at Brown's training camp. Now, they already have nap trailers for all the rest of the players, which the, which the Browns set up, basically a little trailer next to where they practice, where the players can go and just nap and rest in between practices. But the quarterbacks have their own trailer, which Baker bought for them, where they can all go chill. This RV is probably the, the most famous RV in America right now, and Baker, don't worry about him, Okay, the man got a signing bonus of $22 million, and by signing bonus, what that means is as soon as he signs, he gets that money right up front, $22 million. So I'm not really worried about him. He could probably buy 100 RVs if he really wanted to. So... Part of the rule with the RV is it needs to be stocked with snacks at all times. And that's, and that's just part of the rookie duties. You know, rookies in the NFL, that's part of the hazing that they go through. That's part of the uh, ritual to turn their stripes, so to speak, in the NFL. So one thing kind of just set me off a little bit and made me think that Baker might already be getting a little bit too big for his britches, even though he hasn't even taken a real NFL snap yet in a real game. So, there's another rookie quarterback on the team, and his name is Brogan Roback. Yeah, I said that correctly. Brogan Roback. And just a little I'm Open family test. Try to say that five times fast to yourself and send us I'm Open underscore pod on Instagram. Send us a video of yourself saying that five times fast. I bet you can't say Brogan Roback five times super fast. We'll see. We'll see who does best. And we got a special prize for you. Anyway, that's his real name. To me, it sounds like either. Well, first, I mean, it sounds like it could be a lot of things. Brogan Roback sounds like it could be a law firm. Brogans sounds like it could be like a, a species of uh, elf maybe from Lord of the Rings. The Brogans uh, also just sounds like a Cali way to say bro, like my Brogan. What's good, Brogan? You want to go surf? Um, It, it sounds like Something doesn't really sound like a name, but his name is Brogan Robeck, and Baker has already passed off the snack duties to Brogan already. Like, Baker, you're still a rookie. I know Brogan's a rookie, too, and Baker was drafted first. Brogan wasn't even drafted, but you're both rookies, nonetheless, right? You're both backups, nonetheless, and Baker has already passed off all the snack duties to Brogan Brogan has to make the beds Brogan has to get all the snacks ready all Baker had to do was buy the friggin' RV and now he gets to chill like he's a 10-year vet and that to me that rubs me a little bit the wrong way Baker's got to understand that he's one of the guys he can't already think that he's too cool to be stocking the RV he's still a rookie he's still a rookie and Brogan hate to break it to you you're probably not going to make the team Brogue But you're always welcome to come and join the I'm Open podcast team. I'm not trying to make fun like it's hard to make an NFL roster. You seem like a great guy. You're more than welcome to join the team for the I'm Open podcast. But soon enough, Baker, Brogan's not going to be there. And you're going to have to go back to your rookie duties. So better get used to it. I really don't feel good about him passing off the snack duties to his fellow rookie and teammate, Brogan. Because... You're still a rookie baker, no matter how much money you have, no matter how hot you think you are, you're still a rookie. So you gotta pay your dues, you gotta earn your way up. And hopefully he can learn his lesson, uh, not get not getting too cocky. But yeah, the RV seems pretty nice and that's where they get to chill. course summer is a time when we all get to flex a little bit go outside maybe try some new fresh outfits that we haven't worn in public before and just go go flex a little bit you know go stretch your stuff go show them what you got right that's what that's what we that's what summer is all about that's what's fun about summer unless you play tennis in which case you're not allowed to do that Now, there's been a few different issues, fashion issues that have gone on in the world of tennis lately that just kind of have me baffled. Now, sports that literally think the traditions and the sanctity of the customs of their sport, which is so vague to me, are more important than actually entertaining fans and having a fun sporting product to watch. I really don't get it. I really don't get it. I mean, baseball is like this. Golf is kind of like this. Like, get your head out of your ass. You guys think your own traditions and rules are more important than fans actually enjoying the game. And that's why, let's be honest, fans are kind of getting tired of all of those three sports. Right? So, tennis, lately. Serena Williams, our girl. She, of course, is holding it down with Venus in our siblings power rankings. Number one siblings in the world of sports. We'll have to go back and touch on that soon, though I very highly doubt that the Williams sisters will get knocked off that top spot. Anyway, Serena, the queen, was at the French Open recently, this summer, and she wore a full-body black spandex suit uh, that she called a cat suit. It was inspired by the Black Panther. It looked dope, and she was killing it. And after the French Open ended... Bernard Giudicelli, I'm sorry Bernard if I'm pronouncing this incorrectly, who's the president of the French Tennis Federation, said that cat suits would be banned and will no longer be accepted at the French Open. He said one must respect the game and the place. Now, women in tennis wear all sorts of different types of short skirts and stuff. I think the problem here was that Serena was wearing spandex pants instead of a skirt. And it's like... Look, Bernard. Into all these tennis oldsters. The year is 2018. Okay, women haven't even been forced to n- to wear only skirts. Okay, here's what I'm trying to say. Women have been allowed to wear pants for a long time now in the United States. The year is 2018. Okay, I know this was in France, so I'm, I know this is not in the United States. But I feel like in France as well, it is okay for women to wear pants. And Serena, obviously, is a badass. We have let people know that many times on this show. She's one of our favorite athletes, and she's one of the most talented athletes of her generation and of all time. And if she wants to wear pants when she plays tennis, I really am not sure what the issue would be, why that would be a problem. But these old ways that people just can't get out of, they're stuck in these old ways. And for some reason, these guys are offended that Serena wore pants to play tennis, wear spandex, tights, pants, catsuit, whatever. So from now on the catsuit will be banned and it's not okay. It's not okay. So Serena, she of course, she had to come back on them and she wasn't just going to take it like that. She said it was no problem. She said her Black Panther suit, she'll save it for later, I guess not for tennis. But she came back now. The US Open is going on and she reached out to Virgil Abloh who's very hot designer right now. Everybody loves him. And he was just actually the first black designer to be featured at Paris Fashion Week. He's got the off-whites. He works for Louis Vuitton. He's killing it right now. Virgil Abloh personally designed an outfit for Serena. It was a custom-designed tennis tutu and y'all can check it out. She said it was very easy to play with and aerodynamic. Now, only Serena, she, ke- she just came back on them flexing even harder. And that's why we love Serena. Now, the Williams sisters have always been into fashion. And we've mentioned this before on the show. We love athletes who express their interest beyond sport. I mean, you can play sports your whole life, but you can't play sports professionally your whole life. So it's important to have a vision of other things that you're interested in, other things that you want to be a part of and we think it's awesome that the Williams sisters have really stretched their minds stretched their brands been creative about what they got involved in so of course Serena like we know her and like we love her had to come back flexing on them even harder she wore she came out looking like black swan with the black tutu connected to the top Virgil Abloh personally designed for her and she was looking great and we just love that Serena was not denied she did not let her shine get clouded up by these haters who were for some reason intimidated by her outfits and she came back flexing with another outfit she said you don't like the pants how about this tutu i don't think you can say anything about that and i don't really think they can and look maybe they're jealous maybe they're jealous because these other girls can't rock it like serena rocks it but they got to step up that's not her that's not her problem okay so serena keep doing your thing Don't let let them stop your shine, girl. Keep doing your thing, Serena. Now, again, this issue came up again with tennis, with women's fashion. Also at the U.S. Open, where Serena wore her tutu, a French athlete, Elise Cornette, she came out of the locker room. She accidentally had her shirt on backwards. Whoopsies, bloopers, who cares, right? Shirt was on backwards. So she went into the corner of the court, and she took her shirt off, and she put her shirt back on normal, and then she kept playing. But no, she couldn't just keep playing because she actually got a penalty for taking her shirt off and putting it back on correctly. Now, I'm not sure if the ump wanted her to play just the whole round with her shirt on backwards, but male tennis players take their shirts off all the time on the sideline, and I've never really heard anybody say anything about it. It's never really been an issue. She actually went into the corner, so she was, like, facing the corner. You couldn't even really see her. Also, she's wearing a sports bra, which is just, like, it's not. I just don't understand why tennis feels like they need to police women's bodies like this. Like I said, we're in the year 2018, okay? You couldn't see anything. The woman was wearing a freaking sports bra, which is, like, more cover-up than anybody really has at, like, even the beach, okay? She's a professional athlete. She's a grown woman, and she just needs to change her shirt so she can keep playing, Without her shirt on backwards, But no, she, she had to get penalized. She had to get penalized just for changing her shirt in public. It's like, what do you think she's trying to do? Tempt the umpire? Come on, man. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. The way tennis is trying to police these women's bodies. These women are professional athletes. They're grown women. I'm pretty sure they can handle themselves and you've seen on the sideline men change their shirts all the time when they get too sweaty on the sideline i've never seen them get in trouble for for showing you know their nipple okay so let's not get too stuck in the weeds here let's not go too far policing these women just let them be great let them play their sport let them do their thing let's not let's stop trying to control their every single move their every single action that's not really healthy And honestly, that's not really the way to treat people. That's not really a way to respect people, you know? Let them be the rulers of their own domain, of their own bodies especially, okay? So tennis, we got a long way to come. We got a long way to go, okay? We got a long way to go. Serena, Elise, we got your back. We got your back, both of you ladies. Tennis, we hope that y'all can get it right actually there was a statement put out that said the code violation that the USTA handed to Elise Cornette during her first round match was unfair and was not based on a rule as the WTA World Tennis Association has no rule against change of attire on court the WTA has always been and always will be a pioneer for women and women's sports all right well prove it please Prove it because even if you say one thing on the rules and then the umps carry out, the referees carry out something different, the people in charge who often happen to be men carry out a different action than y'all have on the rule book, that's how we're going to see it and that's how it comes across and that's what the reality is. So step up, Tennis, okay? Step up and let these ladies be free. Let these ladies rock what they want to rock, okay? And let them be great. drama going on right now I know we're a sports show but all this intersects with with sports and it's important to be fashionable it's important to feel good and look good and they're all interconnected that's how we feel so this drama actually takes us down to Louisiana or should I say Lil' Louisiana to check in with Lil Wayne now Lil Wayne has started his own sports representation group His agency, Young Money APAA Sports Group, was started uh, just a couple years ago, and he's sort of following the wave uh, that Jay-Z was on in terms of creating his own rock nation sports, and he's not the first one. Several other uh, music icons, folks in the music industry, have tried to cross over and become involved in the sports world, and you can't blame them. A lot of athletes have tried to make their own mixtapes and make their own albums and sing and rap as well and get involved in the music world. So it's okay if you want to cross over. We think that's cool, and we think the more collaboration, the better. That's great. But Weezy has ran into a little drama with his agency. Last year, Frank Mason, who was the college player of the year when he played at Kansas, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, He's also from Virginia, so repping the DMV in the NBA, and he now plays for the Sacramento Kings. Now, Frank Mason first signed with Lil Wayne and Young Money Sports when he came out of college. But since then, Frank has actually moved on from Young Money Sports, and he is now represented by Gary Durant, the number one agent in all of sports. Big shout-out, Gary. He supports the I'm Open pod. He's a follower, and we support him in everything he does. Keep rocking. Mr. Durant no relation to Kevin Durant still a baller though anyway Frank is now working with Gary Durant he's moved on from Young Money and all should be well and good but it's not quite well and good because Frank was seen recently out rocking a Young Money chain YM it looks pretty nice and it was $11,000 diamond chain that was actually given to him by Wheezy when he joined Young Money Sports That's a nice gift. That's a pretty nice gift to get. But according to Wayne, he wants his chain back. Wayne wants his chain. It even rhymes. He wants his chain back from Frank Mason because he said that since Frank has left his agency, he's going to need that chain back. Personally, I think this is pretty corny. I think it is pretty corny. Wheezy makes probably millions and millions every time he tours. I mean $11,000 for Wheezy is like a brunch, okay? That's nothing. That's nothing. And he is starting this beef now over one chain. First of all, who takes gifts back? Who takes gifts back? That's really corny. $11,000 to Wayne, that's like buying somebody like some uh, uh, a burrito. That's nothing, man. That's not that's like buying like a baseball hat as a gift. Just chill and let him have the chain, man, as a memory. That's really corny. Say if you break up with your ex, would you ask for everything back that you gave him or her? No, you probably wouldn't even want it. Why would you even want that? Then it reminds you of that person. You want this young money chain back, Wayne, so you can give it to somebody else who you're going to represent, and then you'll remember how Frank Mason used to be on your agency, then he left? No, man, that's corny. Just let him keep the chain as a memory. Just let him keep it. Who asked for presents back, man? That's so corny. I just don't get it. Now, I understand. A lot of agents provide loans to players that's totally normal you know you sign with your agent before often before you sign with a professional team that's the way it works so it's pretty common for agents to give a loan to their players until they sign their first professional contract to get whatever they need maybe get started on renting a house get a little car for them to drive something like that the agent will often set it up and then you understand if you stick with the player for the long run that you know you'll obviously make that money back for them i understand i totally understand if wayne felt like he owned frank money for frank to pay that back now that he's a pro but frank makes about 1.5 million a season probably he's still on his rookie contract he's already he's only coming into his second year in the nba now wayne 1.5 million to wayne he could make that like i was saying probably one one concert one tour easily he could make that over and over again it's corny man it's corny who needs to take a gift back like just give it as a gift Say, I wish you the best. And I feel like it's kind of going to be a turnoff for other folks, other guys who are considering going with Young Money Sports because if something goes bad, they don't want, like, Wheezy to sue them, then it's all this drama, right? Like, why, why would you even do that over, look, to me, $11,000 is a shitload of money, but to somebody like Wheezy, that's, that's pennies, man. That's pennies. So I don't understand really why he's doing this. I think his, his ego was hurt by having somebody leave his agency. I think he was a little bruised. To have somebody leave, I know, understand it makes you feel sad to have somebody leave you and tell you maybe you're not good enough or they want something else or they want someone else. But don't try to make it messy like this. Everybody's just going to end up upset. When you make this breakup messy, nobody really feels good at the end. So just let them go. Make it, let it be a clean break and just move on. Okay? And don't ask for your gift back. That's corny. Don't ask for gifts back. That's just a rule we have. That's That's corny. Shout out again. Gary Durant. Can't wait to have you on the pod. If you want to give your own insight into what's going on here. Frank, the pride of Petersburg VA. If you want to come through and let us know what exactly happened here. We would love to have you on the pod as well. Good luck this season to both of y'all. And don't ask for gifts back. That's so corny, everyone. Before we go, we're going to do something that we always do on the I'm Open podcast, and that is to shout out our mask off performer of the week. Of course, this segment is inspired by the one and only Future. Mask on, fuck it, mask off. Mask-, mask on, oh, fuck it, mask off. Mask- this week, our mask off performer is Ricky. Williams. Now, you probably haven't heard that name in a while to my sports fans and to my non-sports fans. You maybe haven't even heard that name before, but this man used to be a monster, and I mean that in the best way. He was a terrific football player. He went to the University of Texas where he actually won the Heisman Trophy, which is given to the best player in college football. He was a superstar. He actually, his junior season at Texas, he scored 25 touchdowns in only 11 games. He came back for his senior season, and he scored 30 touchdowns. This man was awesome. He then, he even got drafted to play baseball. He chose to go to football instead. He was a, just a terrific athlete, and He then went on to play for the New Orleans Saints, Miami Dolphins, and had a really strong career. He ended up rushing for over 10,000 yards, which is a lot. But he was sort of more remembered in the NFL for his antics. He had to take a break. Due to um, just mental stuff that he was processing. And he went and lived in Australia for a while. He was living in a tent for a while. He was doing a lot of meditating. He got in trouble for for smoking weed at one point. He went through a lot. And the sad thing to me is Ricky was sort of remembered for his antics and for his off-the-field struggles more than his talent. And... Ricky, if you hear interviews with him or if you there's actually a great documentary that ESPN put out on Ricky. And if, you, if y'all watch that, you'll see he's really just a smart and thoughtful guy, and he has a lot going on in a good way, in a good way. I think so often we encourage athletes to only be focused, eyes on the prize, only be focused on the singular goal of being good at your sport. But guess what? I mean... These are real people. They're allowed to have different interests in music, in art, in religion, spirituality, whatever it may be, nature, uh, fashion, whatever it may be. It's cool to be well-rounded. It's cool to be a well-rounded person. LeBron James just started his own uh, media company to make movies, to make TV shows, and, I mean, like I said, Serena and Venus are in fashion. I feel like if Ricky Williams came along later on, maybe came along today, even though he only, you know, it's not like a long time ago, he only... You know, he he stopped playing in 2011, so it's not like even it was that long ago. But I think if he came around as a rookie these days, people would appreciate him in a different way. And not, you know, people would call him crazy. People would say he was just, you know, off the chain. And he was just a little bit different. He just liked to meditate. He liked to, he was into spirituality. And we're really happy to hear that since he has left the NFL, Ricky has really found himself. And he has found his true calling. And that is in the world of astrology. Ricky actually is offering astrology consultations, and it's only, it's very reasonable. It's from $100 to $300, and I just got to warn y'all, I'm open family. My birthday's coming up very soon, and this would make me so happy, 100 to 300 That's pretty, that's very reasonable. I could ask Ricky if we could maybe record that, stream it live for the I'm open family so y'all can see a real astrology consultation between me and Ricky Williams, the legend, now, let's just read really quick what you actually get. Now, if you pay $100, you get 30 minutes, and this would be a conversation about current events in your life, and then it would include also follow-up conversations to go deeper into specific themes uh, with periodic check-ins on what's going on. Um, so that's a pretty good start. Now, if you pay a little bit more, a one fifty. Then you would get a full hour, and that's an in depth conversation about your core patterns as reflected in your sun, which is your core identity, moon, which is your heart, and ascendant, which is your style. I see I'm already learning about astrology more than I even knew before. And now, this is a great introductory conversation for anyone wanting to understand themselves better. Of course, we all want to understand ourselves better. Now, if you go for the big stuff, that's 250. And you get 90 minutes, an hour and a half, and that is an in-depth conversation exploring the major themes of your life journey, usually ending with a brief chat about which themes are currently up for you. Ideal for anyone ready to start living a fuller and more meaningful life. Okay, my hand is already up. Yes, who doesn't want to live a more full and meaningful life? I think every, everybody, that sounds great. That's exactly what I want out of life for it to be more full and more meaningful and I can't think of anybody better to help me go through this process than Ricky Williams to help me keep growing as a person honestly 250 for an hour and a half is a great deal from a former pro bowler and Heisman trophy winner and superstar like Ricky Williams this man could probably be charging thousands of dollars but 250 that's like a that's a bargain that's really a bargain. So I feel like I, I would be sad if I missed out on this. I might not have to start off with the $250. i would even be willing to start off with the 100 price 30 minutes. Just check in. I mean, that sounds great. That sounds really great. And I would appreciate Ricky to help me get some clarity on how to make my life more full, how to get the most out of uh, myself and out of my life. Now, Ricky is actually sort of a prodigy in astrology. He's got some spiritual skills, as they say. Now, he's been studying under Stephen Forrest, who's a pretty uh, well-known writer on astrology, and he has been Ricky's mentor. And he said, I have never seen anybody basically go from zero to professional proficiency as a counseling astrologer as fast as Ricky did. It was mind-boggling. Ricky like Ricky, is going zero to 100 Like he was saying, one of the most impressive astrology students he's ever had. So I think since he was such a talented athlete, people kind of pushed Ricky into playing sports. And then they called him a weirdo because he wasn't that into into sports. But his true calling the whole time was to be in astrology. So this is Forrest breaking it down even further. Ricky's got a real complicated chart. He's a Gemini with a Cancer Moon. Geminis are interested in everything. Cancer Moons need a lot of time alone and need to withdraw. He's like an extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert. Contradictory stuff. See, look, if we had just known while Ricky was playing that he was a Gemini with a Cancer Moon, his whole career would be, would be different. We would have understood him in a totally different way. The man is a freaking Cancer Moon Gemini, okay? So introverted extrovert, it's pretty complicated. It's pretty complicated when you have to deal with that stuff. And now it's like Mr. Dr. Forrest, I don't know if he's a real doctor, but uh, Stephen Forrest, he's breaking down. This is why a lot of Ricky was kind of misunderstood. And people called him Ricky Weirdo, all types of stuff that was really just insensitive. That's just part of who he is. He's interested in a lot of different stuff. He's a spiritual guy. And I'm so glad that he's found himself. I'm really glad that he's. this is actually what he loves putting himself into. He doesn't feel the pressure to have to do what everybody wants him to do. He's doing what he wants himself to do. And it seems like he is really finding clarity. And he seems like he's really finding inner peace. I would love to find those same things. So if y'all uh, wouldn't mind pitching in. The B-Day, like I said, is right around the corner, and I would love to share my experience getting an astrology consultation from the legendary Ricky Williams. I'll have to talk to Ricky, of course, and make sure it's okay, but I would love to share that. I'm I'm willing to be vulnerable for the pod. I love my I'm open family, and I'm willing to be vulnerable and, you know, share these things with you guys, because that's what it's all about. So hopefully, fingers crossed, Ricky will allow that, and we can show y'all the video of myself getting an astrology consultation from the one and only ricky williams legend pro bowler heisman winner ricky shout out can't wait to get you on the pod either way we're so happy for you that you found yourself and for real y'all check out the documentary on ricky williams you really learn a lot about him and you learn that he's just he's a really really smart guy he's more than an athlete hashtag more than an athlete Thanks again for listening to the I'm Open Podcast. It's always a pleasure to share our time with you. We hope you had fun with us as well. Don't forget to subscribe, like, tell your friends to listen, and follow us on Instagram, I'm Open underscore pod. Everybody, have a great night, and uh, don't forget to stay open, okay?